Koppel, host of the Time for Coffee podcast, where you get firsthand career advice into the jobs and industries that interest you the most. And before we start today's show, I have a quick favor to ask you. If you haven't already, I'd be incredibly grateful if you give us a rating and a review on iTunes. And if you're like me, you need to do it now because you'll forget later and because it's the best way to help others who may be in search of career advice to find this free resource. So press pause if you haven't done it and do it right now. I'll wait. Thanks so much and enjoy today's show. Hey there, Java Junkies. Welcome to another K-Cup mini episode of Time for Coffee. By the way, K-Cups come in three sizes, single, double, and triple shots, or roughly one minute, five minutes, or ten minutes in length. So if you don't have time to throw back an entire caffeinated career conversation, these K-Cup mini-episodes of T4C can give you a quick caffeinated fix, whether you're on the go or you only have a few minutes to binge. So grab your mug and take a chug, because it's time for a caffeinated career triple-shot K-Cup with my guest, Adam Broda. Well, let's move to your time at Boeing because prior to moving into tech at Amazon, where you worked prior to the role that you're in right now, you had spent almost eight years at Boeing. And your title was Senior Production Engineering Manager working on the Boeing Additive Manufacturing. How was your job experience at a behemoth like Boeing different? from beyond the number of people that you had, that you were managing, different from a tech giant like Amazon? The companies, from a culture perspective, are very different. And, and I would say that some of that is driven by the product that they work on. I talked about this a little bit in our coffee shot interview, but the way risk is managed between those two inter- industries is very different. Boeing is very selectively and carefully managing risk because they're building commercial airplanes and rockets and, again, st- stuff that can't fail. And that, that attitude really trickles all the way down the company from the top to the bottom where things just move slower because we have to be more selective with how risk is managed. And the pace that, that the Boeing company worked at is noticeably different than, than Amazon. I also would say that, yeah, I, larger teams is common. When I left, I think I had about 60 people in the production engineering organization. And that was a small team for a senior manager to have. Granted, we were, we were kind of a business startup and that number was going to get bigger. But from a tech perspective, again, back to the risk conversation, everything is about speed and scale. Failure is okay as long as it's in the right place. And you hear the, the terminology fail fast a lot. And yeah, you... Design, you prototype, you test, you iterate, fail, iterate again, and on and on and on. And you work as fast as you possibly can through that cycle to get to a production-hardened product that even again, even if the production version fails, it's, it's never good, but people aren't dying on an airplane. It's, the consequences of a failure are so different that speed can really happen at a completely different pace. So yeah, the, those, those jobs are quite different from a culture perspective. I'd say I fit better in the faster pace environment. I, I enjoy the freedom to fail 
and fail more, more, I guess, quickly more than I did the slower moving, let's be really risk adverse component of the job that I used to have. But yeah, does that answer your question? It does. And actually, that's so interesting because I had a very similar experience, Adam, in a completely different industry. In the nonprofit space, I worked at a huge, second most recognizable brand name nonprofit called Mm -hmm. the American Red Cross. which was super risk averse, super bureaucratic, super slow. And I moved to another nonprofit, global nonprofit, that was all about innovation, was all about trying new things. That was very sort of, the culture was complete. It was a hugging culture, you know, it was very, and coincidentally, it was also on the West Coast, (laughs) Pacific Northwest. So. Just finding that right fit goes beyond maybe what you do in the job. It's how you feel in the company. Absolutely. So why did you switch? And and maybe this is going to give you an opportunity to answer that. Why? Because you were clearly doing very well at Boeing, moving up the ranks in a very senior role. Why did you want to switch from aerospace to tech? It's such a good question. And there's, there's a lot of reasons. There's, there's a very honest reason in the sense that I went on paternity leave in November of 2019 for a few months. And a lot changed in the few months that I was out. COVID hit. Things were shutting down. Boeing already had one airplane that was grounded. And a global pandemic where people aren't flying is, is just... It's like a hurricane coming in from the ocean, right? As you're standing on the beach or you, you know what's about to happen. So started the conversation of like, what would a different job look like? And the other real problem with the job in additive manufacturing was the commute. I, I was commuting about an hour and a half one way for about two to three hours every day. And with a new baby, that was just not something that was going to be okay. So I had already started conversations on doing a different job even inside the company and relocating to a new site. And there was a lot going on at the time. I really didn't consider tech up until the point where I started networking with some of my old connections from Boeing. And and again, just reaching out to people that had left the company and saying, hey, how are things in the industry you're in? Do you like what you're doing? And had a really good conversation with an old boss that I used to work for. And she said like, hey, this is such a cool team. We need a technology leader. This is probably going to be outside your comfort zone, but I really think this fits your skill set. And I was really recruited that way. What I found out, and, and again, in all honesty, is tech is this huge, giant, complicated space. It's not just software engineers. It's lots and lots of non-technical roles. And again, in a company like Amazon, which is where I went, the culture in one group can be totally different from the culture in another. But the team that I came into in the health and wellness world was just one of the greatest cultures I'd ever experienced. I, I think it was a scenario where the grass was just so much greener on the other side of the hill. I was shocked when I got there. And yeah, you, you start to learn a new culture. You start to learn how a new company behaves. You start to see what it means to be in the tech world. And again, like the types of talent that you can command when you put a job requisition out there uh, versus what I used to have. And I would say, yeah, it's been a great transition. It's been a great fit for me. I've, I'm still learning a lot in, in the tech space and, and that's okay. 
But at least for the meantime, like this is where I want to be and product is where I want to stay. I, I love learning about how to do this really well. And I, you know, my, my goal is to continue to do it at a bigger and bigger level where our products eventually are international. So, so far, so good from my perspective. I just want to make another observation because you mentioned, I think in the Espresso Shots interview, we were talking about why college students and recent grads should not worry about where they're going to be five years from now, let alone longer, because there are jobs that don't even exist yet that are going to be out there that may interest you. Well, here's another observation. Your personal circumstances are going to evolve if you decide to have a family. If you decide you don't want to be grinding it out 15 hours a day. So don't waste your energy and your time trying to game that out. Just try to focus on where you are now because things are going to change, whether it's the pandemic, whether it's another global pandemic, whether it's another economic upheaval, whatever it is. Yeah, that's a great point. I think you'll have some control over the change and then you'll have zero control over other types of change. And, and you're absolutely right that there's no point in trying to overly control what the next 5, 10, 15, 20 years looks like. You can have a plan and you can do your best to stick to it, but I mean, kids, yeah, totally change what is most important in, in my life. And like I said, I was up until that point, I'm happy to drive three hours and you know see it in Seattle traffic every day. But you've happy? got a, a little <laughs> happy is happy is maybe, a, maybe the wrong word. But I, I wasn't complaining. Let's put it that way. I really liked what I was doing. It wasn't that I hated my job. I love my job. And and like you said, the company had treated me really well. I promoted three times in a few years and and was positioned to become a director. I was actually acting director at the time when I when I changed, but there was a lot of good going on. But all of that really started to matter less when I had a baby. That missing three hours a day from that kid's life was just not something that I was okay with. And it comes back to your life priorities, right? That's a big part of what we teach at Proto Coaching is your career and your life are melded together. There really isn't this hard line between them. The balance you draw is up to you and it, it really comes back to the type of lifestyle you want for yourself. If you want to work 18 hours a day and work in a high rise in New York and sell yourself to a corporate machine to be a billionaire, then by all means, go ahead. If that's what you want, then more power to you. But if it's not what you want, then there, there's another design that you need to be pursuing. Finding the right design is an iterative process. Don't make the assumption that the design you walk out of school with when you're 21 years old is going to be the design when you're 40. Maybe it is, but in most cases, it's not. And that's okay. Thanks for tuning in to this K-Cup mini episode of Time for Coffee. If you want to listen to our entire caffeinated career conversation, please check out the show notes for this episode. Thanks so much for listening to this latest episode of T4C. 
And if you're interested in learning more about my coaching services for confused college students and recent grads, feel free to check out the Time for Coffee website under the coaching tab at time, the number four, coffee.org or text me at 202-236-5712. That's 202-236-5712. Oh, 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 o